changes. What's the Word? Brought to you by Columbia Baptist Church in Columbia, Kentucky on 101.9 WAIN. I am Randy Johnson, the senior pastor at Columbia Baptist Church, and thank you for joining us every Wednesday night at 6 o'clock right here on 101.9 WAIN. Well, good evening and welcome to What's the Word? This is Randy Johnson, your host of every Wednesday night's show called What's the Word here on 101.9 WAIN. Also, it's available live on 1270 AM, as well as the 1019WAIN.com. You can find it live streaming there. Or, if you miss this show, any of it, or all of it, or most of it, you can hear it all tomorrow morning. I'm going to put it on my podcast, which is called Walk This Way. And Walk This Way is on nine or ten different popular ways to find podcasts. So you can just do a search on your favorite podcast engine and see if you find it there. If not, you can always go to anchor.fm backslash walk this way on a browser, your computer, smartphone, iPad, whatever. And you can just go straight to the host of all of the podcasts that I have posted there, some sermons that I've put on there, some shorter Bible studies that I've done in the past, every episode of this show, which is well over a year now, and hopefully you can find some content that will be encouraging to you and something that I hope will be a blessing to you. But I know that I've got you know quite a few listeners that listen live and catch the show. I'm so thankful for 101.9 WAIN giving me this time slot and hopefully this is a convenient time for you to tune in. Along the way of doing this show there have been some topics I think is a good word. I mean there have been some subject matters that have been heavy, some that have been kind of light. There have been some there's some subject content that I've had in the past that may be considered controversial. Uh, I've talked about all sorts of, of issues. But for the show tonight, what I want to do is I really want to focus on doing a health checkup. I really want to focus on how healthy all of us are, not only physically, but especially spiritually. Uh, A lot of times those two elements of our lives go together, and sometimes the healthier that we are physically, we also put that same care and concern into our body spiritually and our spiritual life, our walk with the Lord. Other times I would say, you know, we tend to focus on one over the other, and both are essential because the healthier that you are physically, the longer and the better you'll be able to serve the Lord, and the healthier that you are spiritually, the longer and better you'll be able to serve the Lord. So really, it's not an either-or, it's really a both-and. And, you know, honestly, with all of the fear that has come about over the last several months with the coronavirus and people trying to understand exactly how that happens in the body, what it looks like, what it does, how you feel if you get it. People have, you know, throat issues or they have a little temperature and they begin to think, okay, do I have it? 
Is this one of those symptoms that, that's going to lead to something more drastic? And so lots of folks over these last couple of months have been very concerned about their life physically and their health physically. However, there has also been, just like in any time in our country's history where there's some kind of an epidemic that breaks out or there's some tragedy that happens when our country has gone to war or when there's been some kind of a terrorist attack or something that, that kind of hits the heart of our country the way that not only the coronavirus has, but also with the racial tension and the police brutality issues and what's happened to several African-Americans uh, over just the last couple of months. I mean, over the last year, not even talking about the decades in the past, but just specifically the last half of year, you know, there, there just is this awareness that there has to be more to life than just eating, sleeping, going to work, you know, having fun on the weekend, taking vacations. There, there has to be more. And so I think the more that happens to the, uh, the, the heart of America, like some of these issues that I just mentioned, then the tendency then is sometimes for us to really take a hard look at where we are spiritually. So I'd like to, to just touch on both of those this evening. And honestly, some of it kind of stemmed from, as in terms of the spiritual part, uh, Bible study that Pastor Aaron Labarge and I, Aaron is our family pastor here at Columbia Baptist Church. And uh, as a senior pastor, I have the privilege of working alongside of him. But Aaron and I were doing a Bible study yesterday and we post them on Facebook. So if you are looking for some kind of Bible study material that's online, something that you can watch and maybe even interact with, you know, with comments and things, you can find us at facebook.com uh, backslash Columbia Baptist or maybe Columbia Baptist Church. I think it's Columbia Baptist. Uh, but you can just do a search for Columbia Baptist Church on Facebook and find us here in Columbia, Kentucky. But as we were doing that video, and we also put it live on, on YouTube as well, and both of those sites keep the videos, we were just talking about the sin of partiality and how close that hits to home on topics and issues that America is dealing with right now. I mean, we're talking about partiality. James, and in the book of James chapter 2, in this Bible study, really put it to the rich and the poor because those were the two biggest class and clashes within classes that existed in the first century, and especially in Jerusalem. You had some very rich people, but you also had some very poor people as well. And there really was no mixture uh, between those two, and there really was no middle class either. There was pretty much you either had a lot or you had very little. And so when James talked about the sin of partiality, my, my mind eventually, or just kind of instantly rather, went to the sin of partiality based on somebody's skin color, uh, based on somebody's you know, education level, based on what continent their ancestors are from. When we show partiality to people based on a category of what we think their value is, then we're committing sin. God doesn't even do that, so what gives us the right to do it? And so when we did that Bible study yesterday morning, I started to think about the show tonight, and I started to kind of piece together some stories and some, some 
encouragements and even some challenges that I thought would be effective for the show this evening. So hopefully you will find them the same, and hopefully you will enjoy these as well. When you think about doing some kind of a spiritual health checkup, there's a couple of places in the Bible that my mind usually goes to. And when Aaron and I were talking about James chapter 2 and the sin of partiality, one of the things that he brought up and that I kind of capitalized on after he said it was what a lot of Christians tend to do with other people. And that is we tend to inspect what we think other people's lives should look like. And we begin to kind of couch it in or describe it as, well, I'm not judging that person. I'm just inspecting whether or not they have fruit in their life. And so we basically become a fruit inspector. And we really have no intention on encouraging that person to have fruit. We just want to judge them on whether or not they have any. Well, what should happen, rather than us being a fruit inspector of somebody else's fruit tree, we ought to take a hard look at our own life and determine whether or not we are bearing fruit in keeping with the Holy Spirit moving in our life. And that's sometimes that's really hard to do. So honestly, one of the places that my mind almost always goes in thinking about fruit and thinking about a spiritual checkup is the passage in, uh, in Galatians chapter 5 that deals with the fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians chapter 5, Paul talks about the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. And really begins to say, look, your flesh, your body, your sinful nature wants and craves some really bad stuff. But the fruit or the production of what the Holy Spirit brings is from uh, or is, is known as the fruit of the Spirit. It, it looks like things like patience and joy and peace and kindness and all of those things. And I've touched on those things in the recent past on the show, but this, this kind of a spiritual checkup is the first real, is a list, that this list that comes to mind is really like the first real uh, encouragement that I've given to specifically look at this list and ask yourself, how do I measure up? Don't look at other people and start judging whether or not you think they've got it all together because they're struggling too. I can just go ahead and tell you. I, I've been a Christian most of my life. I've been a pastor for half of my life or more. I can just tell you everybody falls short. Everybody messes up. Everybody trips and stumbles. We just trip and stumble in different ways and at different times. And sometimes people see our trips and stumbles, and sometimes they don't. But if we're all honest with each other, there are things that we just tend to make mistakes on and, and to sin in certain areas. So that's kind of the, the backdrop, really, of what I want to talk about tonight in terms of the spiritual checkup. The physical checkup, I'm not going to talk about the coronavirus and what it does, and I'm, I'm not going to talk about having fevers and stuff like that. There's just a couple of things that I want to point to you or point out to you that I think will be helpful. And when I say helpful, I, I really just want to draw attention to something that may, or some things rather, that may or may not be in your life, 
but they, they may very well be in the lives of people that you love. And so when we're talking about doing a physical health checkup, what I hope is that you will take these things to heart and really begin to ask yourself, am I doing what I need to do to keep my body healthy? Am I, am I really living out some of these habits and some of these things that have honestly uh, sometimes fall by the wayside? I'll give you a great example just about being physically healthy. Ever since the coronavirus became kind of international news, hand-washing has been something that people have taken for granted. Now, you talk about hand-washing in elementary schools, preschools. Uh, you talk about kids with germs and how they share things and pass things and touch on the same things. And we think, oh, sure, those, you know, those places and, and, and those kids and all of that, oh, it's just a germ-infested environment. But how many times do you go into a store and you pick up something, you put it down, or you touch something, or you're in a public place and you open the door, you don't know how many other people have touched that door, and you don't know how many times somebody else has opened that door, and you don't know where their hands have been and, and what they touched right before they touched that door. So hand washing has been one of those things that a lot of people have just said, look, we've got to use more Germex, you know, more hand sanitizer. We've got to wash our hands for longer periods of time rather than just getting them wet for three seconds. We actually need to use soap. We need to use warm water. We need to do this for 20 seconds or so. You know, I saw one video where they were teaching people to wash your hands as long as it takes to sing happy birthday. You know, whatever it is that gets us to accomplish a task that should not be that difficult, whatever it takes, right? Well, I saw an article the other day talking about the effect of the environment on our skin, the effect that germs have on the skin, and what ends up happening, and what this article pointed out, is that there are certain things that are good for the body that we tend to wash off on a more than regular basis. And the article started off by saying, you're showering too much. Now, Please don't hear me tell you in the listening viewing land not to take a shower because over my lifetime I have been around people and I have lived with teenage boys that have failed to shower as often as they should and have to be reminded. Um, I would never tell them they shower too much. Um, the only time I probably would tell them that if they were showering multiple times a day and using up all the hot water, then we might have to have some kind of a schedule. But the article says you're showering too much. Now, this kind of began, this, this article began by saying, yes, we need to wash our hands very regularly. But they went on to say that on the body, there are some important oils. There are some important things that happen to the, the human body 
that sometimes showering and scrubbing and washing those certain areas may actually be detrimental to the skin. They're talking about, you know, if, if a man uses men, men's body wash, and let's just say he showers twice a day, they're, they're going to do some damage to their skin, okay, is what the article is saying. Now, you can do further research. I'm not going to get into the science of this. I'm just kind of giving you the you know, the, the overview, because it does get into some very specific uh, issues related to showering too much and, and all of So I'm not going to get into all of the scientists, scientific things of that. But they did mention uh, infants with eczema. They said they have an increased risk of developing allergic rhinitis or asthma in childhood when they use too much of some kind of a, um, you know, some kind of a, a, a detergent and some kind of cleansing agent in soap and in body wash and things like that. That sometimes something can start out small, but the more that you are impacted by it, the the more it's going to get out of control. And so, it, as weird as this sounds, they were just simply saying, depending on your skin type, should determine how often you wash certain parts of your body. Um, I have some uh, rosacea on my face that I hate it. Uh, I need to go to a skin doctor and I need to find out what do I need to do to get rid of it. But it's not very nice to look at. It's red. It's bumpy. It itches a lot of times. And I'm certain that it comes from whatever it is that I'm using in body wash. And so I, I found this article and I thought, you know, this may be a, uh, at least a theory behind how I can get some of the stuff off of my face. Maybe I'm washing my face. Maybe not, it may be not be that I'm washing it too much, but I may be using the wrong thing. How could it be, uh, as I'll kind of wrap this ridiculousness up, how could it be that with all of the, the microbe germs and oils and things that are on the skin and washing skin with body wash, how is it that I can take something off of the shelf that is supposed to clean me, I can use it in my shower, and it actually do more harm than good to certain areas of my body? Because sometimes that which we take off of the shelf may not be suitable for you. It may not be that that particular detergent, whatever it is that's in that body wash or in that bar of soap, may not be suitable for your skin. And so that's why when you walk down the aisle of body wash and you walk down the aisle of soap, you're going to find 188,000 different varieties and, of course, many of them have some of the same ingredients in them, but some of them are made with more natural things. Some of them have essential oils in them. Some of them have different types of, cl of cleansing things, detergent-type things, or whatever. And we've got to know what our body needs. 
and what our body requires. You're saying, okay, Randy, why are you mentioning all of this? I thought that this radio show was called What's the Word? And here we're talking about soap and showering. Because there's really two points I want to make here. Number one, you've got to take care of yourself. And there are certain things that your body needs, and you've got to be in tune with that. You've got to be in tune with how much uh, vitamins and minerals and, and even you know certain greens and vegetables and things that you're getting in your body. There are certain things that your body needs to function well. But there's also this spiritual component here that not everything that is wrapped up in the package of this is good for you is actually good for you. I give you an example of, of spiritually speaking. There are preachers that, and I use that term loosely, there are preachers that are on television and on YouTube and on some you know, channels and, and they have their own websites and all of that with their, them preaching and in their churches and they've got these messages and all of this. And they are not teaching and preaching what the Bible says. Uh, do they have hundreds and even thousands of people that attend their services? Absolutely. Do they have a massive YouTube following? And do they receive hundreds of thousands of dollars in, in the mail and, and over the Internet for support of their ministry? Yes, they do. Does the world look at these people and say, now that's one successful ministry? Probably so. But just because something is packaged as being spiritual does not mean that it is good for you. Just because something comes in the package that says what is contained within this is spiritual in nature and will be helpful to your soul sometimes can cause an itch and a rash, spiritually speaking. It can cause some hives to break out. It can cause an allergic reaction because the only thing that we ought to be putting into our heart, into our mind, into our lives are things that come straight from God. And that's why we all spiritually and physically have to be discerning. You've got to use a spirit of discernment in the physical stuff that you put in your body, just like I'm telling you with this uh, body wash and soap and, and cleansing stuff, there are some articles out there and there is some clear evidence to say not everything that is sold on the shelf ought to be rubbed on your body to clean it. Uh, not every uh, type of, of rag or, or some kind of a sponge or whatever is good for certain parts of your body. I'll give you another example. My wife used to be big into exfoliating. And she had this little exfoliating machine uh, for her face. Well, she went to a dermatologist and the dermatologist says, you've got to stop doing that because when you exfoliate all the time, you're, you're basically rubbing off a layer of skin and you're not giving your body time to rejuvenate that younger skin that's growing underneath that older skin that you keep rubbing off. And so the more you exfoliate, you're really not doing your body any favors. You're actually doing, doing harm. And so you've got to have some discernment there. Look, 
I don't know all that there is to know about the medical field. I don't know all that there is to know about what you should and shouldn't put on your body in terms of cleaning it. You can do all the research there. My point is we've got to be discerning to say there are certain things that are not good for me and I should not do that. Now, when it comes to the spiritual part, I'm telling you there are certain preachers and certain ministries and certain subject matters that they're bringing up and certain messages that they're preaching that frankly is just garbage. Uh, It is not consistent with the Bible. They are taking a very man-centered approach to every single passage of Scripture, and they're basically telling you that God exists to solve all of your problems and that, that God is going to alleviate all of your problems if you just do the right thing or act the right way or say the right words or stand in the right position or you know chant a certain thing. And I'm telling you, that is not Scripture. Yes, there are certainly problems that God takes from our life. There are certain issues that we have that God will remove from us. But there are also many instances in the Bible where God does not remove a problem from us. He just simply steps in and walks through the problem with us. And that's not a, uh, that's not a message that you're going to hear from a preacher that wants you to kind of master your own ship and to right your own wrongs and just let God kind of help out in, in the in process. So you've got to be careful about what you put in your body when it comes to spiritual health as well. These next two stories are mostly related to your physical health. But, of course, with the title of the the show being What's the Word, I'm going to point you back to the Bible. And in a similar fashion, let me just do this first story. Let me just tell you about this one. There is a former child actor. He's now 35 years old, but he played Alfalfa in the Little Rascals movie that came out in 1994. Some of you may have seen it. Some of you may have no idea what I'm talking about. I grew up on the black and white version of the Little Rascals that happened, you know, in the 30s, 40s, you know, uh, way back when. That was the Little Rascals I was familiar with, and the alfalfa that I knew uh, was a child actor and, and died too early. This alfalfa actor is now 35. He goes by the name of Bug Hall. His uh, real name is Brandon Bug Hall-Barnett, but he goes by Bug Hall, He was arrested Saturday in Weatherford, Texas for allegedly inhaling an air duster. Now, he was sent, uh, police were sent to his home to do what they called a status check. His family wanted the police to go over there, check on him, and they told the people around there, told the police that there were some individuals who were, quote, dumpster huffing is what they called it. I have never heard of anyone inhaling an air duster before. I don't know that I even know what that is. 
but I did look up what an air duster is. And basically, it's a can of air that you use to clean the keys of a computer. You know, it is uh, compressed air. So if somebody is using or inhaling a, 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 this material, they're basically taking the air compression material, the, the carbons and other chemicals that are inside this can, and they are inhaling it to get high. It is a very, very cheap but dangerous way to get those toxins and those chemicals in your body. But thankfully, the police were called to go and check on him. Uh, there was somebody, they said, that was doing what they called dumpster huffing, which I guess you get into a dumpster and you try to find some of this material, and then you try your best to inhale it to get high. This kid, I say he's a kid, 35 years old, who was a child actor. Now, let me just say this. That's not to say that the, that the guy made a lot of money. I mean, it, the, the report says, or the article says, that he was in three or four other movies after being in The Little Rascals as a child. I don't know when he was in any of those movies. It could have been fairly recently or certainly in the last 10 years or so, I guess. But obviously he hasn't made it big as an actor and certainly hasn't made significant money if this is what he was found doing. But here is a guy who, regardless of how much money he made as an actor, was arrested because he was getting items of compressed air out of a dumpster finding a way to inhale those chemicals to get high. I have to say that although I have never struggled on any level with drugs or alcohol, I really struggle with understanding the mindset of somebody who is willing to do that to their body. But I know it exists. And I know that the temptation is there, and I know that there is a dependency issue that people have that for whatever these chemicals do to their body makes them feel a certain way, gives them some kind of a, 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 of a charge, of some kind of a, uh, of a high. These chemicals do something to their brain, does something in their lungs, does something in their body that... that you know, food and regular beverage obviously just don't even come close to. They've got to find some kind of harmful substance to put in their body to get them to have some kind of a better feeling. And I really, really feel for people that struggle with that and people even in our own county that struggle with, with drug abuse and with that kind of a temptation and the hold that it has on their body. And so what I would say again is, physically speaking, we've got to be careful about what we put in our body because there are some people, listen, there are plenty of people that preach against drugs and they preach against alcohol, but they may weigh a ridiculous amount. They, their, you know, their bodies may just be in complete decline 
because they overeat or they are lazy or they, you know, like I said at the top of the show, have other issues, other sins that cause them to fall short. It's just drug dependency may not be that, that their sin. It may not be their thing, but it certainly is a stumbling block for people. So you can pray for this young man named Bug Hall, who is probably still in jail and not sure what's going to come from his dumpster huffing, as they called it, and finding these materials and putting them in his body. I, I don't know what kind of help he needs. But listen, there are people in Adair County that struggle with these exact same temptations and the exact same temptation of putting something in their body that just does not belong. But why? Because they feel as though there's something missing. There's some kind of void. There's some kind of a need that they have to put this kind of stuff in their bodies. And, and listen, we all on one level or another, we all have that same desire. We may just feed it in a different way. Some people have some uh, real addiction to pornography and they really crave pornographic images and videos and and they just crave having that in their body in their life in you know in the on, going in their eyes and and in their mind and just putting all of these in, and they are addicted to it in a, in a completely unhealthy way that is a struggle but so is some of these other things that I just highlighted briefly. I mean, the way we treat our body, the, the way that we put things in our body that don't belong, the excess that we put in our body or sometimes deprive ourselves of that our body is saying, listen, you need this. There are people on both sides of this issue. Uh, you know, when we're talking about eating, for example, there are people that struggle with overeating and there are people that deal with anorexia who struggle with their body image and they are from what quote unquote normal people would say are very thin, but they look in their mirror and they see an overweight person. And so they undereat and they starve their body. And so that's an issue too. But again, what's the underlying cause of putting something in my body that doesn't belong or even the underlying cause of keeping something from my body that belongs there, what, what's the real issue? The real issue is that of identity. You know, who am I? Whose am I? And why does it matter? You see, if, if you understand that you are created in the image of God, and from Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2, when God talks about creating humankind in his own image with his personality and with a, a mind that is similar to that of God's and, and like God's in that sense, and a personality that should and is created to crave the things that God craves and, and, and to enjoy the things that God enjoys... This is how God has made you. If you understand that then, how you treat your physical body is much, much different. I mean, even the Bible tells us after coming to know Christ, it says your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So what we do with our physical body, 1 Corinthians says, actually matters because our body is the place where 
in which God resides spiritually. And so why would we take our body and join it in with some sinful habit? Why would we take our bodies and abuse it in a certain way? Why would we allow certain things into our body if we understand that not only are we created in the image of God, but once we're born again, now the Holy Spirit comes to live within our bodies and is housed in or within us. And so again, we're talking about what is it that we're putting in our body and why does it matter? Well, if we're doing a health checkup here, we need to understand, okay, first of all, I need to treat my physical body as the temple of the Lord. But then there's also a spiritual component there of why these people, like Bug Hall, are putting these chemicals in their bodies, why people do certain things to their bodies, whether it's overeating, undereating, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, pornography, whether it's some kind of a, uh, you know, of a habitual issue, no matter what it is, what's the spiritual reason why people are doing that? And, And a lot of times, if not every time, it is simply because They're putting something in their body to replace what actually belongs there. It's sort of like a a child's game that I know was around when I was a little kid. And when you, you start to teach kids about shapes. And I remember having a red and blue little round shape finder. And it had holes all over it in different shapes. And there were these little yellow plastic pieces that you would put in those different holes on this little globe. And then once you had them all inside, you could pull the globe apart and the yellow pieces would fall out and then you could do it all over again. Well, there was only one piece for one hole. And the round piece, you put the round uh, you, uh, the round hole, rather, you put the round piece in there. The, the hole that was shaped like a star, you put the piece that was shaped like a star in it. And you couldn't put the, the piece shaped like a star in the rectangle space because it wouldn't fit there. And here's what happens in the human body. Physically speaking, there are certain things that should go in the body because physically we need them. People then say, well, those physical things that I put in my body don't make me feel a certain way, so I'm going to take things that don't belong in my human body, and I'm going to put those things in my body so that I can feel a different way, and the Bible calls all of those things wrong, sinful, inappropriate, damaging, harmful, but they put these things in their body because they have that need. And so physically speaking, because other physical things don't provide this feeling, then they put all of this other stuff in their body, and and this is now becoming damaging, and and it, it becomes an addiction. But again, the spiritual side of it is there's something missing. And just like that toy that I was talking about, There are certain things that fit into the human body. There are certain things that fit into your life spiritually, like Bible study and prayer. And there is no substitute for Bible study. There is no substitute for prayer. You put the Bible study in your life because it fits in that 
in that section of your life. You put prayer in your life because it fits in there. I'm telling you, if you did all prayer and no Bible study, you would be an unhealthy Christian. If you did all Bible study and, no, and never prayed, you would be an unhealthy Christian. Because it's not an either or, it's a both and. And, and so any of those aspects of the Christian life, if we started supplementing or substituting something else for our prayer life and we just said, eh, you know, I don't really want to pray, so instead of praying, I'm going to do this instead, then now what we're trying to do is we're trying to take the star plastic piece and we're trying to squeeze it into the round hole, which it will not fit. And so when you read about people that have addictions and you read about people that struggle in certain areas and they have certain issues and have certain sins that, they, that trip them up on a regular basis, the reason why is because they're trying to put the wrong thing in the wrong place in their life. They're trying to mix, match, and, and, and mash up and avoid this and do more of that and less of this. And they're trying to do these things either physically they're trying to put the wrong stuff in the wrong place or spiritually they're not putting enough or they're just not doing it at all. So when I read the story, my heart just went out to him because I thought, my goodness, you know, this guy, you know, probably thought he was going to be a child star. He's been in several movies. I don't know how, if he's done any television work. I didn't look him up on online to find any of that out. But, you know, here's a kid who probably thought, you know, I've got the whole world in front of me. And now he is sitting in jail in Texas because he was trying to inhale something that comes from a can. And I'm telling you, this didn't happen overnight. It was a series of decisions that led him there. And it's all because we don't put the right thing either in our life physically or the right things in our life spiritually. So who do we listen to? How do we know what the right thing is? Well, I also read a list of the worst medical and health advice given by celebrities. Now, celebrities are an interesting sort because you essentially become a celebrity when people pay attention to you and when people will give some kind of credence to what you say, like, you know, somebody is a movie star and they sit on a stage or they have a mic in their face and somebody asks them, Hey, what do you think of the president of the United States? And they open their mouth. And then all of a sudden that goes on news media it goes across Twitter, it goes on Facebook, it goes on all these media sites because thus and such Hollywood movie star said the President of the United States is and everybody thinks they're an expert because they're a celebrity. If you watch things like the Oscars or the Golden Globes, this is like the celebrity's opportunity to share their political plat platform with the listening world. At the end of the day, a celebrity who makes movies and acts is not an expert on politics or an expert in health or an expert in any of these things just simply because they make movies. Now, they may have education, they may have expertise in some areas, and they may uh, have degrees in health and, and physiology. But this list says otherwise. 
Uh, number one, well, I'll save number one. Uh, let me just kind of scroll down here, and I'm going to tell you some of the some of the more um, <laughs> some of the more interesting ones before I tell you number one. Number four on the list, Suzanne Summers. Some of you may remember her from the TV show Three's Company back in the late '70s, early '80s. Suzanne Summers. This article says might not actually be a hormone therapy expert. She wrote an entire book on hormone therapy. And unfortunately, the book itself doesn't contain much actual truth about bioidentical hormones. She wrote the book because of menopausal women going through certain issues and, and being at increased risk of things like breast cancer, heart attacks, cardiovascular disease, and they, listen, some doctors wrote and said what she says in the book is scientifically unproven and dangerous. So just a, a word to the wise there about an actress, an actor, giving you advice, medical advice. Gwyneth Paltrow has been an actor for quite a few years, and she's probably around my age, mid-40s, I would imagine, and she doesn't understand melanoma, skin disease, uh, skin cancer. She doesn't know how it works. She disagreed with doctors who warned patients against tanning. And she says, quote, we're human beings and the sun is the sun. How can it be bad for you? She said, I think we should all get sun and fresh air. I don't think anything that is natural can be bad for you. The sun is not bad for you. The sun and sunshine is good for you. But I would say to Gwyneth Paltrow, as doctors would say, if you have overexposure to those things, it's not good. And yes, the sun is natural and we are natural beings, but that doesn't mean if I lay out in the sun without any kind of protection, that skin cancer, melanoma is not a real thing because it is. Number two on the list, Tom Cruise goes anti-psychiatry and anti-glibness. Now again, this is number two. Some of you remember in, in 2005, Tom Cruise was being interviewed by Matt Lauer on the Today Show one morning. He had a movie coming out. And he called Matt Lauer glib for questioning his anti-psychiatry notions. Tom Cruise is a big-time Scientologist. He doesn't believe in antipsychotic drugs, antidepressant drugs, rather, and in psychiatry. He dismissed the use of drugs treating postpartum depression, and he was very defensive, saying that Matt Lauer doesn't know the history of psychiatry, and basically just threw everything about mental illness that is well documented just right out of right you know just right into the trash now while there may be aspects of what tom cruise said that i would say we should be careful about and some medicines and some scientific discoveries certainly we should be aware of and we should be cautious of Mental illness and chemical imbalances and issues that happen within the human body have been well documented. 
And just because your Scientology religion says this is wrong doesn't mean it's wrong. But then again, Tom Cruise said it, and lots of people thought he was right. And then there's number one. And number one on the list is probably the funniest and saddest of all that are on the list of celebrities that give you bad medical advice. Number one on the list is Jenny McCarthy and her anti-vaccine activism. Jenny McCarthy, as well as I can understand, made her burst onto the, you know, her entrance into the entertainment world through the Playboy magazine and then some movies. And I think now she has a radio show that's on XM radio, I think. And Jenny McCarthy is one of these who comes across relatively intelligent. On this issue, she was not. And she is a a, a big-time voice against any kind of vaccines. She said that the MMR, the measles, mumps, and rubella vaccine, led to her son's autism. She also says that his autism has been repaired through the use of vitamins. And unfortunately, there's no scientific basis for any of those claims. And honestly, whenever parents opt against vaccines, um, you know, their immunity towards certain things uh, does tend to go up. That's why kids typically get vaccines is to help them to become immune to certain issues. Now, my youngest son has a a type of autism. He's on the autism spectrum, I should say. And my other two kids are not. All of my kids got the MMR vaccine. I got it when I was a kid and I do not have autism My older two children do not. My youngest son does. Are vaccines the cause? Is that particular vaccine the cause of autism? If it is, then they could have taken that off of the market many, many, many years ago, and there would be no such thing as autism. The fact of the matter is, unfortunately, Jenny McCarthy, in terms of measles, mumps, and rubella vaccine, was wrong. And that's not the cause of autism. And so that being said, people hear a celebrity give them advice on medical things. And because they are a celebrity, people think, huh, I should listen to that person. Oh, Tom Cruise said that maybe he's right. Oh, Jenny McCarthy made that statement. I wonder if she knows what she's talking about. You have to be careful And use discretion, as I mentioned earlier, about what you listen to. Now, this is true of what you put in your body. This is true about medical advice. This is true of vaccines. This is true of any aspect of the human body. You've got to be careful what you put in your body. You have to use discernment. You know, I tell my kids all the time, and especially my my youngest one, because he loves anything related to carbs. You know, I mean, he loves... 
uh, pizza and bread and mac and cheese. And, you know, he could eat mac and cheese all day, every day. Get him to eat a steak or something like that. And, you know, it's, it's a whole nother, it's a whole other issue. But I tell him all the time, you know, you can't eat donuts and pizza all day, every day. You can't have a steady diet, if you could even use that word, of pizza and expect that a food like that or that particular food would have all of the fruits and the vegetables and the minerals and the vitamins that you need to be happy and healthy. You've got to eat some broccoli. You need to eat some green beans. You need to eat some steak and some and some grilled chicken and, and some fish. You've got to have a well-rounded appetite and a well-rounded diet because there are things in those sources of food that your body needs and it's good for you. And you've got to know what that is. Spiritually speaking, it's exactly the same way. You've got to be careful about the source of where your spiritual information comes from. You've got to be careful to have a balanced spiritual life where not only you're using discernment on what you're taking in. You know, I'll give you an example. He's talking about Christian, talk about Christian music. Some people don't like Christian music or some sort, some types of Christian music because of the drums or because of the guitar, or because of the, the sound of this, or they don't like the sound of that or whatever it might be. And so they just tune out certain types of Christian music. Let's just talk about the lyrics for a moment. The lyrics of a Christian song should be consistent with Scripture. If it is not, then it's not Christian music. And sometimes because it's a church that puts it out or a quote-unquote Christian singer that puts it out, oh, well, then it must be good, and I'm going to love this song because this person recorded it. But my advice would be use discernment. What does it say what do the lyrics say about who god is about who i am is it consistent with the bible does it point me to jesus or does it point me to me and invite jesus to join me on my journey you know because that's not biblical uh, the bible says that we're to deny ourselves take up our cross and follow him so it's not about me it's about him we've got to be careful when we listen to preachers that constantly use the bible to point it back to us Listen, the Bible is not a, a recipe book to solve every one of your personal problems. The Bible is a book that points us to God and gives us the opportunity to follow the one true and living God and have a life that is productive for the kingdom of God. Not necessarily a life that is free of all problems at all times. Listen, if that was true, the church never would have made it out of the first century. Because if the disciples, if the apostles thought, if the early church thought that everything about Christianity was to solve all of my problems, then people would have been walking away from the church by the hundreds in the early church, in the first, in the first century. We would not even have copies of the Bible today if people weren't willing to die for it and to make sure that, that God's word was preserved. 
So I say all of this to say, if you're listening to a preacher that tells you more about you than he's telling you about God, and if he's pointing you to you more than he's pointing you to God, then you need to turn him off because he's not preaching the Bible. And so we've got to use discernment even in the songs that we listen to and in the preachers that we listen to. So I just found that that list really, really, I mean, funny is, is a strong word to say, but I found it sad at the same time because so many times people listen to celebrities and they think, yes, this person knows what they're talking about because they make millions of dollars making movies. I share one more uh, quick list with you. This one caught my eye because of the content of what I'm talking about tonight, just thinking through a kind of a spiritual checklist and a healthy checklist. I found a list that is very, very extensive. I mean, it is well over 30, 40, 50 different categories or, or different qualities, I mean, of the best qualities in a woman. I'm going to tell you number nine on the list is being attractive. And I'm glad that it was that low. It honestly could have been a little bit lower. But when you hear what the other eight are that are in front of that one, you're going to say, yeah, those are, those are really important qualities. I'm just going to rattle them off real quick. I'm not going to describe any of these, but here's eight through one in order, starting with eight, and I'm going to end with number one. Friendly, funny, honest, intelligent, kind-hearted, loving, supportive, and loyal. I read this list, and number nine, like I said, uh, was attractive. When you think about qualities of a person that are the, the, the most important, the qualities that really when you look at the life of someone and you think, you know, this person really is someone that, that I just think is, is a wonderful person. It could be your mom. It could be your sister. It could be your next door neighbor, or it could be your wife or girlfriend or fiance or whatever. But particularly since this list talked about women, there's a similar list for men, but this one I just brought up just to make the point that women think are oh, the most important quality that I could have is I've got to be good looking. I've got to take care of my body so that men will find me attractive. I've got to eat right, exercise all the time, do this, do that. I've got to take care of my body. Ladies, listen, I would tell you, you need to take care of your body just for your health. Be healthy, you know, be normal, okay? Don't be too extreme one way or the other, but just take care of yourself. But did you hear the other eight qualities that were ranked higher than being attractive? You know, being loyal, supportive, loving, kind-hearted, intelligent, honest, funny, friendly, those are personality con, uh, qualities that people find are important and the best qualities in a female. Life is not all about how we look. It is about who we are. And I hope that tonight's spiritual checklist and spiritual checkup and our physical checkup was one that was of value to you. Because I honestly think if we would look deeper into who we really are and not so much at just what we look like 
but who we really are, how we treat other people, how we value qualities that are personality traits and not just features of a person that we find stunning to look at. If we really dug deep and and dove into the Word of God and we're serious about our prayer life and we're really the type of person that honors the Lord, that's really what makes the difference. And that's a healthy person, inside and out. Thank you so much for joining me tonight on 101.9 WAIN, 1270 AM. Thank you. Have a great rest of the week. Hey, this is Pastor Randy Johnson. Thank you so much for joining me for What's the Word? That show airs every Wednesday night at 6 o'clock on 101.9 WAIN, right here in the heart of Adair County in Columbia, Kentucky. Or you can catch the replay of What's the Word on my podcast, which is called Walk This Way. And you can find that in several different places. You can find it at anchor.fm backslash walkthisway on the internet, or you can find it on different apps and, and places that carry podcasts like iTunes, Spotify, Pocket Cast, and all sorts of Uh, places. You can find this broadcast. You can find messages that I've preached. And I just want to encourage you to make it a point to tune in, subscribe, and listen to all sorts of content that's on my podcast, which is called, again, Walk This Way. Thank you so much for joining me.